Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the web light novel and manga review. We are dedicated to bringing our listeners the very special artists and writers that are part of this amazing renaissance of creativity, giving us stories to inspire and entertain us. And like many of us in these times, we have begun a journey, a new journey in writing and creativity. And I'd like to welcome Briar Rhodes uh, to join us today to talk about they are working on and what they might be writing or illustrating for us. All right, welcome to the show, Briar. Hi, thanks, Zeke, for welcoming me. You're welcome. So, um, what uh, what can you tell me about uh, what you've been working on? What what have you been writing? Um, well, I'm currently working on my first light novel. Um, it is basically a fantasy wish fulfillment story about a magical boy who moves to a bigger city. Um, Basically, when he first gets there, he is pretty knocked down with how difficult it is for him to begin fulfilling his dream of becoming an actor. So um, at the lowest point of his despair, working a soul crushing kind of job to survive in the city, he meets a pair of pixies who turn him into a magical boy. Okay. Um, well, you know, I, I think uh, that is, in a way, something we all can identify with, especially when we start over in a new place uh, where you are not really fulfilled in your work and you're looking for something better. And even if it is pictures that come along, uh, you're like, yeah, this might be the, the change I'm looking for. <laughs> exactly. It's like, <laughs> this is my ticket out of this life. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what what made what attracts you to that genre the the magical genre um i've always been a super big fan of magical girl stories so i mean i grew up with sailor moon and i adore sailor moon still to this day um i really like some of the studio piero magical girls like creamy mommy and fancy lala um i just i enjoy that whole genre because i think it's really it's got a lot of fun and lighthearted moments. It has some serious messages underlying some of the other moments, especially in Sailor Moon. Yes. Um, and I think it draws you in with its beauty and its cuteness, but it has a lot to say in that genre. Yeah, it's, I have found that a lot um, that, you know, there are the magical girls shows that, you know, are, you know, they are the fluffy, they are the light and I really enjoy them. And then, you know, you have the ones that take those hard turns. And I haven't exactly been a big uh, fan of those because uh, I want a little more escapism. If I want my hardcore soul crushing stuff, I'll just read the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I've never been as much a fan of the darker stuff. I like lighter stuff. Sailor Moon's about as dark as I like to go with my magical girls. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it gets dark in the later seasons, but I mean, it's still not Madoka or something. Yes, or Magical Girl Raising Project, which is <laughs> exactly like, uh, the Hunger Games of magical girls. <laughs> um, exactly. Though it, it does have a magical boy in it, I think. In yeah. Raising, Raising Project does have a magical boy, boy in it. And not yeah. In, yeah. 
not in the comedy way that uh, magical. What Ore? Oh yeah, um, the high school one. No, no, Earth the, Defense Club or no, oh, no, no. Ore with the muscular one. The muscular one where the guy, yeah. the girls transform into these like beefy guys. Uh, yes, because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah. Well, if if you had transformed into like a cute little girl, you wouldn't be able to fight these monsters. So of <laughs> course, when you transform, you're going to be a muscular guy in a tutu. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. What what got you what got you uh, writing? Is this a, a a new passion or something that you are, are finally you know really decided? You know what? I'm going to get to it. I'm going to uh, do this idea that's been in the back of my head. Um, I've been writing for most of my life, but I went to school for animation actually. Um, so in school, I kind of did a lot of things related to film in general and I discovered I really liked script writing. Um, so I did write an entire visual novel that I have not <laughs> released yet. Um, so the script is done and the art is mostly done and it's just not out. But then I decided because I didn't really want to delve into programming right away, I wanted to tell more stories. I jumped over to the OELN community and everybody's been super welcoming and awesome. And, and I just decided to kind of dive in and try my hand at writing one for the first time. Hey, um, prose is, 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 is a different way. Um, mm -hmm. as I find out, cause I've taken, I've, I've had my, um, hand, I've tried my hand in many different genre of well styles of writing from academic to prose to poetry to script writing and each definitely have their own set of um i, I hate to sound negative but difficulties like mm -hmm. there's, there's there's a you know writing just the same way writing for a newspaper isn't the same as writing for a tv show um writing a script is definitely not the same as writing uh, writing prose. Have you had any trouble adjusting to that? Because uh, prose does take a lot more words. I mean, I think the good thing is visual novels and light novels, I think, do have more overlap than traditional, like, books or other kinds of games, because visual novels are basically, they can get as book like as you want them to in in terms of the exposition and the descriptive language and stuff um some of them are more dialogue heavy obviously um but it hasn't been too much of a challenge in fact it's been kind of nice to delve more into explaining all of the senses and explaining um kind of all the descriptions of the world and the characters and i don't know it's it's been challenging in that there is a lot more in prose that you have to do in between lines of dialogue, I feel like, so you don't end up with talking heads. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's been kind of fun. Like I've definitely enjoyed being able to go in there and describe more to the reader about I, what they might be feeling. Some of my, I know some of the earliest things I ever worked on as, as a young, very, very young writer, um, it was either two ways. It was either all prose with almost no dialogue or it was all dialogue. 
And it mm-hmm. took me a very long time to learn how uh, of reading other stuff to figure out, okay, this is how we, we write and add, you know, a conversation, but also add the elements that are the descriptors and everything like that. So it, 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 it is a, it is a learning curve. Um, and, uh, yeah, anyone who takes it on is, uh, is, is guaranteed to learn a whole lot if you haven't had the experience before, because, you know, writing is, is a, writing is a state of expression totally yeah and we're all trying to find the best way to explain ourselves but we want to be able to explain ourselves uh, in a a language that in a language that everyone will understand Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i've seen some writing that is just as interesting as interpretive dance and let me tell you when it's that open you you have trouble understanding what they're talking about for sure yeah it's I mean it is an interesting kind of thing you have to do as a writer like you want you want to be able to convey a situation or a feeling or uh, anything you want to be able to express that the way you experience it but you also want other people to understand what it feels like and so there's that relatability aspect for sure and you were talking about how it, your current story is one on wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, what inspires you? What I mean, as part of that wishing, you know, what inspires you in your life to write it? Is is it is it a challenge, or is it uh, it you have a story in your head that just is spilling out, or is it a way to give yourself some mental exercise, or you just like to escape into a different place? Um, well, I mean, I think originally it came through, like, the story has been developed over a long period of time, really, like, this came from an older idea that I kind of set aside, um, and it was during, like, a particularly difficult period of my life, and I just, I started watching a few of, um, the older Magical Girl shows, and I, really loved how they were more lighthearted and they had a bit of a slice of life element to them but they always kept a sense of magic and it almost felt like seductive magic for those characters because the magic didn't ever feel like it really had big consequences in their life it was just happy um and i thought that that was really fun and i was like thinking to myself well what if we had magic like normal people in real the real world who are going through these difficult things um what if we had that kind of magic and then I was like we don't really have that many magical boy stories that are taken seriously um and I just kind of wanted to write one because I mean magical or a like we talked about earlier in the earth high school defense club like they they're magical boys but they're taking it more in a parody direction yes Um, and I wanted to write one that was more earnest I felt like because I feel like um we don't get to see that for men And, and and forgive me but do we have transformation scenes in oh yes we do oh, yes we do all right just checking i yes, can just, just just the god rays are in different spots 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can't be complete without a good transformation. <laughs> yeah, the um, when you're writing, uh, what is what what I guess what grounds your universe in your story? What elements from? I find that you always need something to let the reader like touch base that this is this this could be a reality is there anything that you like try and put in to um make the reader think you know yeah this i could see this scenario you know if things were just slightly di bit different i think what you were talking about with the wish fulfillment for the character um kind of goes along those lines in which they are you know they're experiencing something many of us have experienced that mm -hmm. i feel like i'm stuck and i think that that in that in itself will resonate with a lot of people in the last two years who feel like they've been spinning their wheels totally in terms of how i ground it i mean i've lived in both the us and canada in multiple cities um so I, it is very much North American based, I would say the story is. Um, and the city itself that it takes place in is a combination of a uh, couple different cities. Okay. And it basically, like the magic is really interesting in a way because I feel like how we, sometimes when we're in a place where we need to find hope somewhere. We sort of search for it in, in the craziest of places. Um, sometimes it can be chalking things up to good luck um, that day. Like if you found like a, a coin on the ground and you're like, oh, a lucky coin or something, or maybe it could be astrology. You read your horoscope and really dove into it for that day and you're like, oh, I'm gonna have a really good day and you chalk up anything good that happens to something like that for the day. Um, I feel like the magic is a bit like that. It's a bit mysterious in the story. There is a transformation to transform into a different person. Um, but at the same time, the magic is always around. It's always present in the story. And the main character, Blair, he never knows if it's the magic doing something or if it's his own abilities doing it. Well, that's a that's a really uh, really optimistic and nice way of, um, of setting things up. You know, the the idea that you know it's it's not it, it's not as much I guess lack of a better term divine intervention that is creating this ability creating these this magic, but as it's as much you know what we can bring out of ourselves, I guess. Totally. All right. So, um, how persnickety are you when you're writing? Uh, are you one of those who have to stop and make it perfect every page, or are you more of a I'm going to just write and then I'll go back and make changes? Um, I think it depends on what I'm writing. Um, if it's if it's something related to like describing the scene and describing the feelings in the scene. I like to get the feeling right for myself because I kind of want to feel what the scene feels like before I continue. Um, 
if it's dialogue, sometimes I don't need them to be perfect in what they say. And when I go back, sometimes I don't like what I wrote on that, or I do. I Because I mean, sometimes I think it's fine that people don't speak perfectly in stories. Like they speak more casually or more, more hum it humanizes their speech a bit, I guess. Yes, okay. Um, so I'm not super um, picky on certain elements like that, but on feelings, I, I really have to get that right before I proceed. Okay. Yeah. Is, are you a, uh, are, are, are you a multi-draft writer, would you say? Are you one of those who are just like, I, I got to keep writing and writing and writing and writing and rewriting to make it perfect? Or, I mean, in a lot of cases, I find that if, you know, like, almost like Da Vinci, he never, in his mind, he never finished a picture because he always could have <laughs> remade it better. Are, are you of that philosophy or are you, are you good at letting go, being like, you know what? this is where it needs to be. Honestly, I'm not very good at letting go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I definitely do drafts and I iterate on my drafts multiple times. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it definitely helps working with um, an editor on that. And I do have a, a good friend who's my editor. Um, and he's helping me quite a lot with drawing out all the feelings because like um, he knows exactly what I'm going for in each section. So it's it really helping helps. me. Yeah, totally. A good editor is everything. So he's helping me quite a lot on drawing out more of those feelings and more of those emotions in each thing because the entire story has got a lot of romance. It's a BL story. So yeah. Um, there's a lot of romantic encounters and scenes. And despite it being about um, the main character, Blair, fulfilling his dream of being an actor, it's kind of about all the cool and interesting characters he meets along the way and some that he might fall in love with. It, it, you're, I mean, it takes the trust between an editor and a writer is important, but it's just as important that the editor and the writer truly understand each other and in my case i'm very lucky that my my chief editor is my wife because she understands i'll write something and she'll be like that's not what you're i see what you're you wrote but that's not what you're trying to say totally and that's super valuable to have somebody who really gets what you're what you're wanting to do it really is. It, it, it is for me. I, I'm just very lucky that I have a very patient wife who understands grammar and mechanics a hell of a lot better than I do. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. The um, so, you know, as I say, every time I ask it, one of my favorite questions for writers is, do you ever feel like you wrote yourself into a corner and you, you couldn't quite figure out how to get out of there? Sometimes I feel that way, but then I don't know, for better or for worse, I sort of treat those moments as moments that we have in the real world. Like, for example, if 
you or I were to go to a meeting in the real world and for some reason the meeting got delayed or something, I, I would treat it as a moment like that and then I would have a fun slice of life moment where it's like, oh, then I pulled up my phone and I played a Notome game or, <laughs> oh, I went to the cafe, yeah. <laughs> something like that, you know, I treat those moments as like moments for adding some slice of life in um, and then if it works when I go back and edit on a draft, um, I keep it. And if it doesn't work, I kind of just take it out and decide to move on with the main plot from there. Cause eventually I find my way past it after just keeping writing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good that you have a strategy. Actually, that's probably the first time someone's given me a, a clear cut strategy to that uh, question. <laughs> because uh, it is one of the most notorious things for a lot of us. Uh, we write ourselves into corners and then we're just like, how crap. Sometimes <laughs> you have to go all the way back to the beginning and find a way to make shoehorn your idea to get out of it. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I just make them go have lunch. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the other side of that is, uh, do you ever surprise yourself when you're writing? Like you, you go back and you read it and you're like, wow, did I write that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. All the time. Like my brain when I'm writing is so critical and I'm like, it's so unfair. It, it's like, oh, this is not going to be what you wanted it to be. And this is definitely not the going to convey those feelings and emotions that you're wanting it to convey in the scene. And then I go back and read it and I'm like, well, I kind of got those feelings and emotions, so I guess it worked. Um, and it does surprise me because I definitely don't expect it to work every time or even the majority of the time. And that's why we edit so much, right? Before yeah. we release. Yes. So um, are you are you a discovery writer or are you one of those that plot everything out ahead of time? I feel like I'm kind of a planter. I'm, I'm a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I plot everything out and I do know how I want, like the order in which I want certain events to occur. Um, but at the same time, I do leave some room for meandering and for slice of life cuteness in the story because I don't know. I just, that, I love that in stories when you take a, unexpected path and it leads you to a different encounter that or just a chance meeting of somebody hey, uh so in that in that same category i guess is so what's your favorite type of scene to write um i i really love writing romance scenes they're so fun <laughs> they're really fun Be, because they're sweet or because they're potentially awkward that's um, <laughs> well, I think because, I think because you get so into the, all the feelings of that character, right? So like, it is, it can be awkward, but like that awkwardness can turn really sweet between the two characters. Um, so I think it's really fun to write those scenes. And I think they're relatable for a lot of people, but since it's fiction, we can go way 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 into the stratosphere with fantasy elements right right oh if, so if anything that's what fiction is for for me is to you know take things where you definitely can't see them in real life because it, yeah real life uh, can 
can be a drag at times, and we do need <laughs> that. Es- we do need that escapism. Um, For sure. I grew up uh, with a, a, a neighbor who uh, wrote uh, wrote romance novels for a living. Oh wow! And so, and and now a friend of mine, uh, he lives in Japan. He's a translator, and he he translates basically Harlequin romances into Japanese. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so yeah, we all need we all need some uh, uh, bodice ripping Fabio on the cover uh, escapism in our lives at times. I love it. I think it's yeah. so fun. Yeah, it's it, it's it's your it's your popcorn. It's like exactly a popcorn movie. You know exactly. You're, you're not you're not expecting high art. You're expecting to escape for a little bit and then in enjoy the characters just you know even if at times they're predictable being like you know what this is just fun to read exactly i mean it it promises you something and it delivers and i think that's great yeah i mean that's that's why that's one of the reasons i enjoy um i stick by my motto that i've never seen a bad anime i've only seen ones that don't appeal to me totally it's a story that someone created and saw all the way through to the end. And yeah. I may not have in, in, enjoyed it, but it doesn't invalidate what it is. And that's the same with any story. Uh, I can't invalidate somebody's story. I don't have that right. I do have the right to be like, yeah, that just didn't work for me. But go ahead. There are people, even if it's just the author, they if they 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 put their passion into it they put their ideas into it there's always somebody who was like yeah that was great because we've all met that that guy who's watched that one show or one movie and everyone's like really you like that one (laughs) totally (laughs) i feel like i like so many movies that people don't care for like but i mean i love them like teen witch teen witch is an amazing movie (laughs) (laughs) it's the most 80s thing i've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) well like like the the original buffy the vampire slayer oh yeah movie with luke perry and christy swanson and donald Mm. freaking sutherland Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's totally just this this it's in a way it's a farce of of vampire films oh hell What's his name? Uh, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman is even in it. <laughs> so it's it's a farce of that of like teen horror films. And I honestly haven't seen it. It is it is it is so funny. Um, like I said, you got like Luke Perry and Donald Sutherland in it. I mean, <laughs> what brought those two together in someone's casting list? Who at the CSA was like, you know what? We need Donald Sutherland to play uh, a Van Helsing-like character uh, alongside a cheerleader turned vampire slayer. Yeah, Donald <laughs> Sutherland. And what made him say yes? <laughs> it's pretty off the walls when you think about it. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> I, my sister's a total like nerd in that respect where she's she she loves the strangest like b-level movies you have ever seen and that's that's one of her favorite pastimes is to watch the most b-level stuff that's out there especially when it was a sci-fi channel original 
Oh yeah. Like shark to puss. You know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> shark to puss. <laughs> so yeah, those are her kinds of things. And uh, uh yeah, my 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 little sister's one of my best friends. So uh, it's one of those like, all right, what do you want to watch tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so um what do you when you're when you're writing, are you really putting yourself do you do you some people really put themselves in the chair in the shoes of their characters and, and see it almost through a first person view or are you more like the omniscient god that is looking over top of these characters and being like ha 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 i'm going to about to you know ruin your life for about three chapters ha 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 <laughs> or, or are you yeah, um, you, you missed me doing a marionette kind of thing with my hands, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think I tend to go more the first way. I self-insert into the characters in order to write them. Um, not just the protagonist, but all of them. I think it's really, I don't know, it's easier for me to get into the mind of those characters. Um, and like write them more towards their goals and their own desires when I am self-inserting. If I was doing it more like externally and kind of just using the characters as like pieces in a giant game or something, um, <laughs> I think it would be a little bit more difficult for me personally, but I think it's because I used to like way back um, in, like the earlier years when I was writing and I was younger, I would uh, role play on forums. Okay. <laughs> and I think that helped a lot, um, creating characters on there and role playing on those forums. That, that, that was like a little boom there for a little bit way back in the day. Oh, hey, uh, the, uh, there's, there's still a whole bunch of uh, My Little Pony um, uh, Twitter people. Twitter ponies out there who role play the characters on a regular basis. Wow. I did yes. not know it was still going on. Yes. You still see them. Like I see, uh, I see princess Celestia. Uh, I see, you know, twilight quite recently rarity at times. Um, all still staying in, wow. in, uh, in, in persona. So it's, it's, yeah, they, it's, it's been interesting to watch, uh, you know, it's what people like to do. I, I mean, there's a group of people who do characters from the West Wing on a regular basis. So really, yeah, yeah, you can follow role playing from the West Wing. Yeah, you can find like Josh Lyman and Donna Moss, and you know, you can, yeah, you, occasionally you'll see President Bartlett being tweeting. Uh, so it's <laughs> it's fun um, to it's fun to to like yeah, you're like yep, this is what those characters would be thinking right now. Yep. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I have to be honest, I haven't role played from an established um sort of series like that. The ones that I did, it was almost like a there was like a person who was almost like a DM for like a a game of D&D &D or something. Okay. All right. And they would like write the world and the abilities and everything and then you create your own characters and that was kind of my experience but i mean it would be kind of fun i guess to role play from a pre-established um like series or 
yeah play like a character from something that would be fun yeah i could put you in their mindset mm-hmm. um, hey uh you also as you said you you've worked on a visual novel you've you you're also an illustrator um how would uh, define as the worst term possible when you're referring to art but how do you kind of define your style of art is yeah. it is it I could throw out terms like broke and Rococo, but I don't think we need to go there. Art history, art history for two years. So for sure. Um, I mean, I did study animation, so I guess I'm influenced by older animation typically. Like if it's Western stuff, like I really enjoy Gem and the Holograms. Um, I was, and, I was around for that. Don't worry. <laughs> um, Barbie and the Rockers, even though it wasn't as good as Jen. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, older stuff like that. I really like that era of Western animation, even though most of that was still done in Japan. Um, right. But they still tried to draw it in a more quote unquote Western style. So I, I really like that stuff. But right now, um, I'm pushing my art to be a bit more manga influenced, I guess. Um, okay. So that way it better conveys the story and the characters that I'm working on right now. So as a frustrated artist, um, and I truly mean that for decades as a frustrated artist, I spent two years in art school and graduate and ended up graduating college with a degree in political science. <laughs> That's how badly I was an artist oh uh, yeah uh i i appreciate anybody who can true who can draw i mean uh, at, at one time i might have been okay but i just i was not that was not my area of expertise i could tell you the story i wanted to tell but i wasn't very good at designing uh with uh, drawing characters especially people yeah i mean drawing people is it's not easy. Um, proportions and anatomy and all of that, I feel like it's an ongoing learning pr- process for all artists. Um, and I mean, we all kind of learn our own way to do it, but I feel like we just never stop learning more. Yeah, I, I, and I, 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 I hear you there because you know I keep picking up the pencil now and then and uh, you know getting out some of my old art books and being like, all right, I can do this. I know I can do this. And then, you know, work on it for a few hours. And I'm like, what was I thinking? Oh, I'm like, get back to the typewriter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I would say if you love doing it, you should keep at it because it, it is something that is really hard to see your improvement. But one of the best pieces of advice I got from an old art teacher um, was to keep basically a box of old drawings um, and then go and look at those over time when you feel discouraged and you will actually see that you've improved. But when you're doing new art, it doesn't feel like you've improved. Well, that is a a piece of advice I will definitely take to heart. Um, And if people want to follow you and keep an, uh, so they can keep an ear out for your, uh, upcoming a light novel we'll go with uh looking for you on twitter at briar roads 
And then if um, once you get out, once you publish, once you put that puppy out there, let me know. We'll book you on. We'll talk some more about the story. And uh, if you're listening to this conversation right now and you'd like to hear more like this, uh, give us a click on the subscribe button and we'll continue to bring uh, stories like this uh, to the forefront. And until next time, keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast.